Hello everyone, welcome back to Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of my USFL coverage. If you're a USFL fan, I really hope you guys have been enjoying this uh, coverage on this league. Uh, it's a very fun league to me. I really have always enjoyed it since day one. Uh, and I, you know, well, I'll never stop following it and I'll never stop covering it on this podcast. So I really hope, uh, you, if you're out there listening, you know, I hope you found some kind of uh, connection to the USFL as well through the podcast because that's the, that's the goal. There's a lot of news to cover since my last USFL coverage episode, but um, overall, let's go ahead and break it down. Edge rusher Levi Bell, linebacker Deshaun White, and defensive back uh, Nehemiah Shelton, 2023 USFL collegiate draft picks, are now in the NFL and having success, all starting or on practice squads. According to James Larson, uh, at James Larson PFN on Twitter, great guy, great account to follow. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, signings and overall movement for USFL clubs. Um, the Panthers have signed their uh, first overall draft pick in the 2023 draft. Um, their offensive tackle Jarrett Horst, uh, as well as wide receiver Devin Ross. The Stallions have re-signed running back C.J. Marable which is awesome. I love C.J. Marable. It's going to be awesome to see him going back to the to the Stallions. Third season in a row. Let's see what he can do, baby. Really excited to see that. And the Stars have re-signed defensive end Adam Rodriguez, a really good defensive end, especially for them. Um, one of the stars on that defense, if you will. He's a bright spot for sure on that D-line. The uh, Pittsburgh Maulers have re-signed Isaiah Henney, wide receiver. I fucking love Isaiah Henney. Anything is possible. The man is a legend for the Maulers. He is him. Like, he is him, bro. Watch him play, and you'll love him. Uh, the Memphis Showboats re-signed Dalen Mack. Really big signing. It's a good nose tackle. Uh, the Michigan Panthers re-signed kicker Cole Murphy, uh, Cole Murphy, who's been with them for two seasons now. Um, and they also re-signed their punter, Kyle Kramer. Pretty awesome to see the special teams guys coming back. The uh, Philadelphia Stars also re-signed offensive lineman Jacob Burton, he wasn't bad for him, had some good reps last season. The Birmingham Salians have also re-signed defensive end uh, Dondre Tillman, who is, let me just say this, a menace. He's been playing with them two years now, and he's been nothing but phenomenal for them. Like, truthfully, he's a very good edge rusher. I see them throw him, uh, they throw him at nose tackle. He's been a part of both of those really good defenses, top three defense in the USFL. And then I also really wanted to just talk about overall the growth of the USFL. We we heard about um, news regarding some um, of the new stadiums, which teams are going to be playing in their local markets. That news will be apparently coming soon. Very excited about that. Can't wait. You know, I really hope it's Houston and uh, New Orleans that kind of get the call up to their home markets. And then New Jersey as well would be good. But I know Canton's back for season three. So that they, you know, I imagine two teams in the North will probably share that. If I'm being honest, it might be Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. And then everyone else might be playing in their respective cities except those two teams. We'll see. We'll see for sure. But I really hope that the league is able to, to accomplish that feat so that it can grow and it can market itself better and more markets, get more talent. And I already think it's getting enough great spotlight based on the fact that so many USFL players are starting. Two of them just played last night in a you know, a whopping victory over the New York Giants. 
Brandon Aubrey, kicker for the Dallas Cowboys, formerly a kicker for the Birmingham Stallions, two-time USFL champion, um, had a great game. He missed one, then he redeemed himself with a couple field goals and extra points made back-to-back-to-back. Now, and then we can talk about Kevontae Turpin, former USFL MVP in 2022 for the New Jersey Generals, had a phenomenal game last night. He had a rushing touchdown, had his first NFL touchdown. Awesome to see. He looks like he actually packed on a little muscle, and he uh, utilized his speed and power to kind of break into the end zone, so that was pretty cool to see. Sorry, all Giants fans, and sorry, you know, shout out to Logan, but sorry, Logan. Um, Overall, I think it's gotten great publicity and just great, you know, overall attention from the world and the media because of the amount of talent that's been able to get up there and elevate uh, just the league spotlight and just the, the credibility of the league because they clearly develop players. They know how to push guys up. They have connections. And it's just overall awesome to see. Um, and it was also really cool before the Ravens game, they honored um, Alex Collins. Rest in peace. You know, it's oh, too young. But they did uh, honor him before the game, which was really cool. And, and Ryan Mallett as well. You know, rest in peace to both those guys. Um, football isn't just about the sports, it's about the family aspect. You got to care about the people involved, have that respect because, you know, that's just how it should be. But I guess moving forward here, we can talk about some of the impact of the USFL players in the um, NFL. And there's been there's been quite a bit. There's been quite a bit. Like I was saying, Levi Bell, Namaya Shelton, you know, Jordan Ferguson. A lot of guys have been making impacts uh, on certain rosters. If not the practice squad, then, you know, overall, then they're starting. And... Another guy I didn't talk about was LeBron Ray, who's on the 53-man roster for the Carolina Panthers. Had a really nice preseason, and he knows what he's doing. And a guy I was really shocked to see not on the NFL roster was wide receiver Justin Hall for the Houston Gamblers. Very shifty, very quick, strong, elusive, sure-handed receiver, and just an overall playmaker. And I really think that he could actually do something at the next level. I just wanted to shout him out for sure. And there was also a little moment um, at the Alabama you know, college football game, um, people were raising a Birmingham Stallions flag, so that was pretty cool. Um, pretty cool to see, just, you know, overall. I'm very overall happy about some of these re-signings, like the kicker, Cole Murphy. I, I wanted to talk about that for a second. The special teams guys are very crucial to bring back so that you don't have that lackluster of talent. You want to be able to, you know, bring guys that have the chemistry and the familiarity with that system and with that team that are actually good. You don't want to just bring in a new kicker every fucking year because you're never going to actually have, um, like, consistency. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to have, like, same with the NFL. You want to have, like, you want to develop really good players to keep them. You don't want to just keep trading them away, you know, or letting them leave. You want to be able to keep these guys in the building. So them re-signing their kicker, Cole Murphy, and their punter, Kyle Kramer, is really awesome to see. And I've been watching a little bit of college football, and I'm, I'm just noticing that there's going to be a lot of USFL talent this year. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but it's going to be good for the league to have another draft under their belt after a really successful second season. I'm really excited overall for what's to come. Um, for the USFL, especially going into season three, they've signed a couple of their players to two-year deals, so that literally means season four is pretty much not, you know, directly confirmed, but overall confirmed. If they're signing them and holding these guys for two more seasons, like Darius Victor, 
like uh, I think CJ Marable and Isaiah Henney, which I'm just happy to see because these guys can make a name for themselves in this new league, this new professional league that has the same rules and standards of the NFL, but just not quite the quality yet. But I'm I'm hopeful that maybe one day that this could be a close second, you know, maybe one day. And I think it already is a second, but not a close second by any means. Overall, I really just would hope to see, you know, some of these home market news announcements come out soon so that we can all kind of get a gist of what the landscape of the USFL in Season 3 is going to look like regarding, you know, the away games, who's playing where, which team's not playing in their home market yet. You know, because the more home markets that they can tap into, the bigger fan bases they can build. The viewership is already better than the XFL, and they don't play in all their home markets yet. So that's already a highly successful motion, and I think that if they are able to get a couple more teams in their home market, they're going to get way up there. I saw the Lions and Chiefs game, the, the opener had 27 million views on TV. The USFL gets like on the best game it had. I think was close to 2.6 million. So they really have a lot more marketing and growth to be able to they need more growth to be able to to successfully sustain their business model. Um, and I think their plan is smart, you know, by taking it gradually at a time, you know, each team is its own project type shit. I just really want to start seeing maybe some club owners, some some team owners start coming in and buying some teams so that we can see what the price of these teams are. You know, if we're able to get some more ownership in there, you know, that'd be awesome. Five million bucks, ten million bucks per team, that'd be perfect. You know, for the league, for each team, it's a full investment. And I'm sure whoever's buying a USFL team has the money to spend it. And they have the passion of wanting wanting to get into competitive sports and American football. Just something to think about, something I've been kind of going over in my head. Um... I'm going to grab a little sip of my beverage. Bear with me, folks. I'm sorry about that. Again, if you guys want more of our USFL news, you know, on a daily basis, definitely check out our uh, social media accounts at Tea Time Report on Twitter, TikTok, Threads, and Instagram, as well as YouTube. We're getting some more content out on there. Um, Our TikTok is starting to take off a little bit, so make sure you're following us on there. Make sure... You know, do us a little favor. Whatever platform you're listening to the show on, give it a little follow and a like. It'd be greatly appreciated. It grows the podcast. It grows overall our presence online, and it's a greatly appreciated you know act. None of that is not noticed. All of our listeners in South Africa, to Japan, to South Korea. I mean, I, I see the map, man. I see the little dots popping up more and more, and people are tuning in. So that's greatly appreciated. And shout out to whoever's in Brussels. I mean, I'm seeing lots of downloads from there, and I think. You know, it might even be one person just downloading a shit ton of episodes, so definitely shout out to, you know, to, to Belgium in general, I guess, you know, Belgium waffles, phenomenal. Also a couple awesome-ass gums that y'all make, but either way, moving forward here into some more USFL discussion is I think that something that needs to be talked about is how good Daryl Johnson has been for this league. He is a very active and promotive kind of not suit, but he's a former player that can connect with the player aspect of things, and he's he's implementing that into his business model, and it's making it work in, in great form. It really is. I think that's one thing that we have to notate here is because he's calling games for college football and NFL now. You know, he doesn't take a day off. 
He's getting around. He's making connections. He's growing the league. He's letting the league kind of take off on its own, you know, and with with player signings, with club news, club organization, like new rules, you know, the union. The players have a union, which is highly successful. Only two seasons, and they had a union going into the second season, which is just phenomenal. It really shows that they care about the players. They care about, you know, protecting the players as well. I think that's a crucial notation because the XFL does not have a player union. And that's something that, you know, I kind of frown upon because I'm looking to, to give health care to provide, you know, security and protection for each of the guys participating in that league. You know, I'd want that security blanket for myself if I was an athlete going out there potentially about to tear my Achilles. So it's just something to really kind of put into perspective, in my opinion. Um, I really believe overall that going into season three realistically we are looking for at least on average 1.5 to 2 million viewers a game um, on cable and you know when they play when Memphis plays in Memphis Birmingham plays in Birmingham Michigan plays in Michigan um, those teams have really great crowds a lot of people show out so I mean, I really have hope for the home markets kind of expanding on their own because people are always looking for something to do. A new club to follow is awesome, especially spring and summertime football. you got to love it. And I think that they're going to be able to successfully pull that off, especially if they're able to get two, three teams into their home markets. I would, I would love for them to get three in. I would love that. I don't think that that would be a bad thing if they got two, but I would love for them to get three. That leaves them with two more to get into their respective home cities, but I really believe that it uh, it can happen. It just has to maybe be a slower process than normal because they do want to save the capital, invest it back into the league, acquire more talent, get more staffing, you know, get better quality production, which we saw a night and day difference between the production value of season one and season two. I mean, each player had their own like animated cartoon-looking uh, figure for the live broadcast. They had you know, photo ops in that cool-ass tunnel. They have, like, a USFL song, a USFL app. They have USFL trading cards with Upper Deck, which I have a bunch of. Um, I really think that it's awesome. I think they're growing the league in all the right ways. Like, they're trying to reach out to football fans. That's what I think that they're really trying to do, and they're doing it well. And with these signings, you know, bringing back some of the consistent players, you're trying to build up legacy names for the league. I think Darius Victor, Mark Thompson, those guys can be one. Um, even though they should be in the NFL, in my opinion, I know I'm biased. I love those guys, but I think that uh, those guys could be elite USFL players and build a legitimate name for themselves for for years to come. Seriously, like in, in 20 years, say the USFL pops off, first five years are going to be talked about like like history, like dead ass. Like, yo, did you guys remember Mark Thompson in the second USFL season? He had 14 rushing touchdowns. He led the best. He was offensive player of the year he had a great season and then on twitter he was talking about fucking bring he's gonna put up herschel walker numbers oh, and he fucking did I, i'm so hyped for for mark thompson's season if he's able to get to the stallions he's going to be a that team's gonna be just, just disgusting bro just disgusting i like him on the gamblers though i think he i think he fits that identity with the gamblers uh, that team is gritty offensively driven you know they'll make they're a bend don't break defense, but they like I think Mark Thompson is the Gamblers. He is that club. He literally is. 
For a while, I thought it was going to be Kenji, but we saw what he was, was without Mark Thompson at the beginning of the year. Not good. And then he just got worse. But Mark Thompson was always that consistent X-factor for the Houston Gamblers for two seasons now. He's been amazing. you know, And I, I can't wait to see him go into Season 3 and just destroy competition. But a lot more talent is going to be coming into the USFL that's going to be a lot faster paced, a lot more younger guys as well. So I'm really excited for the overall production value, the developmental aspect that some of these coaches are going to have to take on so that they can get these guys ready to maybe get a call up to the NFL, a tryout, make sure they impress NFL scouts, you know, ball out on cable, ball out in the game so that you can actually put out those game tape reps um, and just show that you can play at, at that next level, that next speed. You know, and, and we saw that. We saw that with Deion Kane, Alex Magoo. You know, we see that with guys in the USFL. And, you know, Levi Bell was phenomenal for the Panthers. You know, Frank Ginda, you know, Breland Speaks, so many guys. And they got called up, signed. Some of them got let go. Some of them are on practice squads. But it's still, you're a part of the game you love. And you're making money while doing it. You know, sustainable money while doing it. So that's kind of the key. And I really hope that if you're out there listening to this episode, you know, you are checking out the USFL. You're following us on Twitter, slash X. Um, we are uh, very prevalent on USFL news. Um, we make sure all the re-signings get you know, retweeted about. We cover all that to, to the best of our ability. Then I'll sum it up in an episode for the pod so that if you want to just listen to it laid down for you and broken out, you know, that's, this is the way, you know. Um, just some other news. Like I was saying, shout-out to Kevontae Turpin and Brandon Aubrey. Great performances by both those guys. Um, did what they had to do and did what they did. Um, it's really cool to see two USFL players on the Cowboys roster, active roster, making an impact doing what they can, you know, making score contributions. And they both played in the USFL, literally Brandon Aubrey, this year. But Kamate Turpin last year, I mean, he was the MVP in 2022. Brandon Aubrey played soccer at Notre Dame, and he also played in USL Championship League. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, I did not expect to be kicking in the NFL, and he is. And it's just so awesome. The story there is just amazing. Um, and it's just, I think that alone speaks wonders. And that's why the phrase, you know, they create opportunities really comes from the USFL. Because they, they smacked it out of the park. They, they hit a home run this year again. And I think next year, I think they'll hit a fucking grand slam. I really do. I think it's only getting better. It's only getting bigger. It's only getting just overall more professional. Full sound. Production value. Quality of play. Everything is increasing in value. I'm just really waiting on a, on a team owner to emerge and buy the Stallions because that's the club you want to buy first for sure. If you're looking into buying a USFL team, you want to buy the Stallions. That is a legit profitable club. You're, you're just going to make money. There's so many football fans in Alabama. It's a massive sports market in Birmingham. They got the Birmingham Legion FC in the USL Championship League. They got, um, they got the AFL team coming there. They had Birmingham Iron. They, they just they, that, That's a great club. And it, honestly, if you're going to buy that team, you're going to make money. You're going to make money. Same with probably Michigan as well. The Michigan Panthers, they play at Ford Field. They have that little partnership with um, the Lions owners. They're going to be playing at Ford Field next year as well. So that's going to be pretty cool to, to see what they can do with that, You know, bringing more audience members in. Or maybe they um, try and just make a legitimate connection with the Lions, which would be pretty cool, um, which is pretty cool. The, Pan- the Michigan Panthers and then the Detroit Lions, that's pretty cool. In my opinion, I like that. I like the cat references, but again, thank you everyone so much for tuning into this episode of Tea Time Reports and our USFL coverage. Make sure you are following us again on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on Twitter, TikTok, Threads, 
Instagram, YouTube, you know, any kind of support or like or any kind of anything like that is greatly appreciated. The growth helps. The algorithm is there. We definitely could use assistance by all of our viewers, but we appreciate anything like that for sure. And, you know, if you have any constructive criticism or anything you guys want to recommend for the podcast or for the TikTok or for the YouTube, definitely shoot us a DM or the email is steadily available. So, you know, get in contact with us. We can all make sure that we read it together and come up with a decision on it and definitely get back to you. But uh, thank you guys again for tuning into this episode. Take care. This is Trevor. Sign out.